0: What up world, it's your past first point guard and blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Network. Got a fun show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about wild changes to the NBA schedule, what's going on with the Blazers offseason plans as it stands today at the end of May, a month from the NBA draft, and then if you stick with me for the third segment, which I know you will, we got a goofy little off-season thing. Stick with me. It'll be a lot of fun. Before we get all that rolling, though, I want to tell you guys that today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com. And get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Show is also brought to you by Untuck It. Thanks to Untuck It. For sponsoring all the Lockdown shows, including Lockdown Blazers. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com and use the promo code NBA to get 20% off. And finally, Lockdown Blazers is brought to you by Grip Six Belts. It's ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it's a great Father's Day gift. So go to grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E to get a special offer. So today, Mark Stein of the New York Times uh, put out his newsletter, newsletter you should subscribe to, Mark Stein and the NBA. It also appears in uh, the digital version if you're into that. You don't want things clogging your email, but Stein uh, wrote a, a really interesting article today where he spoke with Adam Silver about uh, potential changes to the NBA schedule, and sort of the big change is that, I don't know if this is a specific change that's coming necessarily, but specific changes that are being considered are doing sort of a soccer style in-season tournament. So the two big uh, things under consideration would be an in-season tournament that would be like around Christmas. Um, where you would, soccer style, you would play games, th- these would be games outside of the regular season, that would count outside the regular season, and would crown like a in-season Stern Cup champion that could potentially culminate with a Final Four play to All-Star Weekend. The other option would be, and, and uh, various other people have floated it, maybe famously Bill Simmons, uh, would be a play-in tournament, where the seed's seven through ten in each of, the, uh, each of the conference, respectively, would play a play-in tournament to get the final two spots in the playoffs. Uh, I-, I think this one has more legs, and I think Stein points out, importantly, that American sports fans would have trouble accepting a regular season champion, and he can already see the jokes forming on the internet for, congratulations for winning that meaningless cup around the All-Star break, now we're playing for the actual championship. In addition, with the postseason tournament, I think it has a sort of similar... It, 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 it brings its own pratfalls. I think, um, you know, there, there may be teams start to value, hey, missing the playoffs as opposed to playing uh, the number one seed doesn't really do it for me. Uh, You might have to rethink how the lottery system works. If there's like a lot of incentive for teams maybe to not finish 10th and finish 11th, it it might lead to more tanking and all those things. But it might lead to less because maybe you're 12th and you're playing your best basketball of the season, and you're healthy, and you say, Hey, let's chase it for these last three weeks, try to finish 10th, try to get into the uh, playoffs, you know, try to get into the tournament, try to get into the playoffs. Think of a team like the Sacramento Kings uh, that was sort of out of the race and scuffling. Maybe they would have had a little bit to play for at the end of the year. Not that they like super tanked, but just a team like that where making the playoffs would be, would have real value. I, I feel like the same way with a team like the Timberwolves. Uh, Teams that don't necessarily have a long history of of postseason success, uh, perhaps the end of season tournament could create that. Uh, And a lot of people have floated this idea. In fact, when I text uh, longtime listeners of my podcast will know, my friend Chuck, I text Charles Tuggle, my my good basketball buddy, and just good buddy in general. And I said, what do you think about this idea? And he said, dog, I floated this idea to you years ago. What are you talking about? So shout out to Chuck, a soccer fan who has been thinking that at t- various levels of in-season tournaments could help the NBA. But I think why Stein's reporting is interesting is because it's not um, just a smart basketball person floating this good idea. Um, it certainly is that. It's a smart basketball person floating this, this idea and talking directly with the commissioner of the NBA about these specific ideas. Let me read you a quote from Adam Silver that appears in the article. It's incumbent on me to constantly be looking at other organizations and seeing what it is we can do better and learn from them, Silver said. In the case of European soccer, I think there is something we can learn from them. I also recognize that I'm up against some of the traditionalists who will say no one will care about the uh, that other competition, that other trophy you create. And my response to that is, organizations have the ability to create new traditions. It won't happen overnight. And Silver goes on to say, I'm looking at things from a fan standpoint, I'm looking at how to create the most exciting season and experience, especially in a rapidly changing media market, where fans are, in essence, voting every day whether they want to watch your product. Another marker for me is that we're a few seasons away from our 75th anniversary, which would be the 21-22 season, and Silver continues. I think that milestone gives us a pillar around which to think about the history of the league and experiment, maybe just for the 75th anniversary, with some potential changes. So I think it is important that uh, Silver is saying that, yeah, the, the you know the NBA isn't, isn't necessarily close on these ideas, and obviously the NBA PA would have to sign off. And adding more games to the schedule seems like something that players wouldn't would probably be against. The NBA in general is probably against dropping the 82 game season. So there's definitely some hurdles here. But I think it is uh, as significant that this particular commissioner is willing to consider ideas that are very much outside the box. Uh, I can see the regular season tournament being exciting, but not meaningful. Uh, and, And soccer clubs... In general, have larger rosters, so in sort of the earlier rounds of this tournament, they don't have to play their their biggest and best stars and wear them out. It's kind of why you have a large roster in soccer. The NBA doesn't allow for that, so maybe there's some sort of combination where where teams, you know, are using more two way players, or they have a, some sort of designated player free agency thing to um, to play in an in season tournament. But again, I, I think that. That idea is is tougher to sell than a sort of like a end-of-the-season, quick four-team tournament played on either side to get to the playoffs. Um, the playoffs are already probably too long for the average fan. Uh, NBA junkies such as myself, and probably you if you're listening, really appreciate that the season is incredibly long, that it runs from October to June, and that the playoffs are 10 weeks of their own, and that you can really plug into to the best of the best in those 10 weeks Uh, I think taking a little time off to play a play-in tournament could take away from that and could could do some damage but I do think that's more intriguing I do think the like incentivizing the number 11 and 12 teams to try to chase number 10 late in the season uh, could at least make more competitive basketball in March which is something the league definitely 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 has a problem with in fact, one of the teams shut down one of the top five players in the league and was rewarded with the number one pick in the NBA draft. Shout out to the New Orleans Pelicans for their mess that is going to land them Zion Williamson. So the league definitely has an issue with teams competing for the full 82 games. You know, I think once you hit about the 60 game mark, teams start to recalibrate, and perhaps I and mean, uh, perhaps a, a play in tournament to the playoffs could fix the issue with the last 20 games. In-season tournament I find intriguing, but I, I think it's far-fetched. But if they do it for the 75th season, I'll watch the hell out of it. I bet you will too, even if it's dumb. All right, when we come back, going to talk a little bit about what the Blazers are doing right now. The draft is about a month away. It's even less than that. It's it's a little over three weeks away, and uh, the Blazers have already prepared, sort of prepared or have begun their preparations. Obviously, those started early in the season, but they've got begun in earnest their off-season draft preparations. So I'll, I want to tell you guys sort of where they are at this stage. But before I do that, I want to remind you guys, share this podcast with your pals and tell them they can get it wherever they look for podcasts. So that's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. But it's also on the new podcast app, Himalaya. Himalaya is a new free podcast app that's super easy to use and has every single podcast you love and are searching for. That includes all your favorite Lockdown shows, including this one. You can personally curate playlists from, you know, all your favorite teams. Say you listen to a couple different Lockdown shows or you listen to a couple different sports podcasts. You could curate there, curate a playlist in there so it's ready to go for you. It's easily shared. They also uh, allow you to follow listeners on there. So if your friends are listening to podcasts, you can see what they listen to, maybe discover some new stuff. So check out the Himalaya app today. It's on Google Play. It's in the Apple App Store. Make sure while you're there, subscribe to Lockdown Blazers. All right, so the NBA draft is on June 20th. The Blazers held exit interviews just eight days ago after their season ended in the Western Conference Finals. So what the hell are they doing now between... Exit interviews, and after everyone leaves town, and to get ready for the draft. Well, here's Neil Olshay explaining where the team is at and what they're doing since then.
1: And this audio
0: is coming to you from exit interviews on May 21st. Uh, Neil Olshay
1: talking about his
0: immediate plans.
1: I'm on a 7:30 flight to Phoenix for the first agent pro day. So, um, so that's the first step. You know, the agent pro days now have become commonplace. I mean. Every single one has one. So this week is Phoenix Wednesday, New York Thursday, Chicago Friday, Vegas Monday, LA Tuesday, Calabasas Wednesday, and then we're back again. So, you know, the agents are controlling basically the post-Chicago pre-draft combine timeline, right? Until they've all gotten their pro days in. So once they've concluded, I mean, I think I think we might have the early stages of workout for May thirty-first. Um, but it has, isn't confirmed yet. Um, I wouldn't anticipate a schedule packed with them, Casey. Um, we've got the 25th pick in the draft. We don't have a second rounder. The scope is going to be fairly narrow in terms of the number of guys we bring in. So I wouldn't expect visits. Um, no, looking at the gap between when we get back you know, from the agent pro days, the draft is only on the 20th. And most of the first-rounders leave on the 16th, right, to go to New York. So it's a really condensed timeline. So agents are being more selective with where they're sending guys, which is why we've got to attend all their pro days. So I would anticipate maybe three, four workouts in, it, in, in, the, in, the, in its entirety, and hopefully out of that group um, we're hitting all the guys that are our target prospects. So the Blazers
0: are in or probably have left now as I'm recording this, but they were in Calabasas today, suburban Los Angeles. To watch NBA draft prospects, and then on Saturday they'll probably open up with a handful, as you heard Neil say, a handful of uh, pre-draft workouts where they bring in um, they bring in guys who are sort of in their draft range. It's additional. It's 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 a combination of things. It's people who are in right in their draft range who they want to see and they want to see compete against each other like on that same level. Two guys they might be considering, but it's also just they're doing favors for various agents that they owe favors to. They're getting guys workouts, uh, just, just because they, they, they either owe them, they owe them a favor or they, or they want to see this player for down the load, down the road, doing due diligence for maybe scouting someone if they're going to buy a second round draft pick and things like that. But the draft process, you know, it, it's obviously beginning in earnest now. So they'll probably bring in, you know, t- 25 people, 20, 20 people total to work out and the blazers do not announce uh the draft prospects until day of when you show up at the practice facility so uh you won't get some teams announced the night before so you can kind of anticipate who you're going to go see the blazers are relatively secretive with it uh not for any intentional gain i think it's just because they want to be annoying they're (laughs) they want to not be as open with information it's just how they ride but but the draft process has begun before this like the blazers whole uh Front office, or at least a large portion of the front office, picked a couple NCAA tournament sites. Not after, not the first weekend, but the second weekend when, when it's kind of the elite teams, and you could see a, a couple elite teams picked. picked uh, They went to the the NCAA tournament in in Anaheim uh, to see the the West Region Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight games. You know they they've they build their books. Their books are already built scouting wise. I don't think, at least from what I understand, they don't put a ton, a ton, a ton. Of emphasis into these draft sessions. They've tried to do most of their homework prior to this month so that they're not easily swayed by workouts. Obviously, those things change. Sometimes some dude just crushes a chair, just lights that chair up, Darko Milicic style, and it's over. You got to draft him. But I also would caution that the Blazers bring in a lot of guys maybe in their draft range and then trade somewhere else, like uh, in the Zach Collins draft. Uh, You know, they brought in Harry Giles to work out. They brought in OG Ananobi to work out. They brought in Justin Jackson to work out. They were, you know, Paul Allen was in the gym to watch Justin Jackson work out. They were super excited about this guy. Then they packaged Giles and Jackson to go chase Zach Collins, who they had seen earlier in the year in a a game uh, when Neil went to uh, to a Gonzaga game and saw Collins play and, and became enamored with him. So sometimes they're just... There is some smokescreen stuff with who works out. So as you see over the next month, who comes in, you know that that it's um, sometimes they're just working guys out because that they're supposed to be in their draft range. Uh, you know some teams hold will hold secret workouts if they're if they're um, trying to move up in the draft. famously, the Utah Jazz working out Donovan Mitchell when they had a sort of a later round pick and then wouldn't let anyone. You know, Dennis Lindsay said if you if any word gets out about this workout, you're fired to jazz staffers because they were so enamored with with uh donovan mitchell and then of course they traded up got rid of uh trey lyles and the pick that became tyler Lydon, you know a late a late round pick to go get him i don't think the blazers are going to trade up in this draft that's not the vibe i get from being around the organization uh, i think they're more likely to trade out of the first round entirely than they are to trade back or out, than they are to trade up. I think they'd rather get cheaper and and rely on their veterans than rely on a young guy to really step in and help. They're a team that's close, and they already have, you know, a 21-year-old Zach Collins and a 19-year-old Anthony Simons who could be involved in the rotation next year. They don't need more youth. Also, I don't think the Blazers love this draft because I don't think any NBA team outside the top two or three guys really loves this draft. But that's where the Blazers are. They're in Calabasas, or likely home, from a long week out on the road going to agent minicamps looking at various draft prospects. Then they'll begin their in-house draft evaluation next week, or this weekend, And then it's crunch time. We'll get down to draft stuff. I don't think they're they're making any tough decisions right now, but they're certainly continuing to gather information that they've built on throughout the the whole year. Third segment, I want to do uh, something we're going to do a little bit more of in the offseason because there's not a lot of basketball, and you got to mix it up. Something I stole from the good folks at Deadspin that I will just steal their title to called remembering some guys so come back in the third segment and we'll remember a former blazer all right still locked on blazer still mike richmond today as i'm recording this may 29th was alonzo g's 32nd birthday that's right alonzo edward g Born in Riviera Beach, Florida, attended William T. Dwyer High School in Palm Beach Gardens before he attended the University of Alabama. An undrafted player in the 2009 draft played 15 games with the Blazers in 2014-15. Now, I'm mostly remembering Alonzo G because I saw it was his birthday today. But I also think that uh, the two anecdotes I have about Alonzo G are just um, just really fantastic stuff. So that's why remembering Alonzo G. G, of course, came over in the trade along with Aaron Aflalo. Uh, that sent Will Barton, Thomas Robinson, and Victor Claver to the Denver Nuggets along with a first-round draft pick that eventually came Malik Beasley. Shout-out to Cody Workla. It's not to Marcus Beasley. That was February 19th, 2015. He played in 15 games across two months with the Blazers. A storied career. That included two starts, 10 minutes a game, a career high of 10 points, and an average, a Blazer career high of 10 points, and an average of 3.4 points and 1.6 rebounds. But here are my two favorite Alonzo G stories. First of all, he came back from a long road trip with the Blazers. Uh, and he was, uh, like a lot of the guys just staying in like a hotel, like temporary housing. He knew he was only going to be with the team for two months. Uh, he's going to be on the road for a ton of that. There's no reason to, to sign a lease or whatever. So you just stay in like a nice hotel. You just live out of the hotel because your life is in flux. And that is the weird reality of being an NBA player, but the Blazers get back, uh, from a, from a long road trip, I think they played in toronto washington miami orlando memphis this is the last long brutal road trip of the year and he gets back to alonzo i remember alonzo telling me the story he gets i'm asking him like you know how you, how you settling in all this and he said it's pretty good except for he got back to his hotel where he's staying it's like four in the morning after they've landed flying in from memphis middle of march in portland and he checks into the hotel and, or, you know, goes to the front desk, walks up. He's not checking in. He lives there. But he goes to the front desk, walks by, and the dude the front desk goes, Hey, man, you played great. Like, love having you on the team. But you really should have made that layup. Because he had smoked a layup late. In a game against Orlando. <laughs> this is like four in the morning. And he's getting heckled by a front desk dude at the hotel. That is a great Alonzo G story. Remember that. But that's not the good one. The real good one is that that uh, that year was my first year on the beat and that was also Lamarck's and soldiers last year with the Blazers. and at exit interviews, Lamarck's like he had a really uh, strange relationship with the Portland media. He had a really strange relationship with everyone at that sort of stage in his life. He just wasn't a very he wasn't just good at making pals and being social. So he's always kind of standoffish with the way he dealt with media. Um, I don't know if he's really warmed up, but I, but my, my sense is that he's gotten better at it. Um, the Spurs don't make you do much, so that maybe that helps. But uh, you know, people are asking him all about his free agency and stuff, and he really doesn't want to talk about that because he's already decided he's going to leave. By exit interviews, he had decided a month ago he was going to leave, if not five months ago. But someone is asking him, you know, who are who are his uh, you know his favorite teammates that he's had while he's been with the Blazers, and he says it might sound crazy, but Alonzo G. A dude who played 15 games, barely played, and had spent, at that point, less than two months on the Blazers roster was the person at the time, or I guess he would spent two months at the time, but the person at the time that Marcus Aldridge said one of his favorite teammates in his nine years with the Blazers, Alonzo G. Very good at making friends with maybe the less friendly. So yeah, happy birthday, Alonzo G. That's my goofy segment, Remembering a Former Blazer. We'll do more of these. Maybe dive in with more specifics. But I just wanted to share those two stupid anecdotes. Getting harassed by a hotel employee at four in the morning and making pals with LaMarcus Aldridge in a very short period of time. Alonzo G, two legendary moments. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. They can find it wherever they get podcasts. That includes the brand new Himalaya app, which you should download. free Free... to download, easy to use. It's got all your favorite podcasts, including this one. Download it, subscribe to Lockdown Blazers. You can listen to me right there. Some more fun off-season news coming. Thanks for listening to me. Talk to you soon.